Wait, so so tell me about your emotional support cat, Shaheen. <laughs> yeah, so I uh my apartment my lease doesn't allow me to have pets, but uh I called up my manager and I was like, Hey, is there any exception or anything? And he was like, Well, if you can get a letter that says you're you're messed up, you need a cat to keep you company uh so you don't kill yourself then then we'll let you have a cat because <laughs> really because that's bad for business to be honest. that's amazing yeah so going i'm gonna to go doctor. to the doctor and be like dude i'm gonna kill myself right now if i don't unless have a you give kitty. me a cat <laughs> and he's like i'm a doctor not a fucking veterinarian and you're like where's my cat i'm gonna be like i figured it out i know why i want to kill myself so much i don't have a cat that's what's wrong with me. That's the and, missing you know, piece. Okay. So, so we can do it. We'll see if they buy it. Welcome, everyone, to May We Geek Again. Uh, this is episode 31, uh, which we are not covering the 100 right now. We are covering The Expanse um, and on sci-fi, and this is our second episode uh, doing that. Two out of three, I guess. Um, today, we're going to be talking through season one, episode nine, uh, through season two, episode six, and I am joined today by my ride-or-die podcast friend, uh, Shaheen. Hey! Hey! Uh, and then Bubs has decided to stay with us for this Expanse um, shit show. Hi. Hi. Um, you can find us on Podbean and iTunes and Twitter and Tumblr. and Well, no, we don't really do the Tumblr, but in theory it exists. And Facebook, which I don't check very well. But either way, everything is May We Geek Again. Uh, if you want to send us an email, it would be maywegeekagain at gmail.com. Um yeah. Uh, before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, uh, Bubs, do you mind giving us a little hundred news since it's been a while and we're on hiatus, but news keeps trickling out? Uh, yeah, just like a few things. Um, one, Maddie was recast. She's now being played by Lola Flannery, um, who's a cute little girl. I think she's like 12 years old. Um, so she seemed, she was in Shadow Hunters um, as like a fairy queen. So she might be great. I don't know. We'll see. Um, And then the other fun stuff was uh, for the boys of Space Crew, we kind of got a hint at what their look will be. Um, I think after this, the jump. Scraggly. Scraggly is a great way to describe it. Um, Monty has very cool hair. Like, he looks hot. Um, I think he and and Murphy kind of got the same haircut. Yeah. Very, like, um, space punk. Okay. You know, like... Um, like, yeah, Murphy has kind of, like, an undercut type thing going. Um, and then Bellamy has beautiful hair. I am not a fan of the goatee that he seems to have now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see if that stays. I hope it doesn't. But, um... So, question, how how do they do their beard in space? Like, this is bullshit. They should all mean? just have, like... There's no... There's no. How do they shave their beard? I mean, I mean, I wonder if it's like the similar principle of like pooping in space, where you have to do it like with some sort of a vacuum. So maybe it's like maybe it's like a Floby, 
Uh, no, I just mean, I, I mean, in terms of blades, like how many, like, do, do they have to come up with blades all the time? I mean, but they just Or do they just them. like, do they just cut like scrap metal from? So, so when, when I lived in Thailand, my girlfriend was in a cab in Bangkok and apparently the traffic was bad and the dude their cab driver actually clipped his beard with fingernail clippers while they were sitting in traffic. Uh, I don't know if that is a valid option in space. It was kind of disgusting to hear about. Um, In, in terms of a, a a grooming thing. Like they can't be using like, like Gillette, like usual. You know what? Maybe they have laser based, laser based haircutters. It's the future. Who knows? Maybe they have Nair. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. If I could just Nair Bellamy's face, I probably would. It's a wall, actually. It is a wall, actually. Oh, and then the other thing, there are new cast people. Um, two people have been in, um, announced for the prison ship. Um, apparently, the leader of the prison, prison ship, who's this lady, um, I cannot remember her name, but she was in lots of things. Um, lots of yeah, sci-fi she was things, on, she right? She's on lots. Her name's uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, that, that's the actress's name, and she's been in a bunch of shit. That's, he, like, that's her Oh, is her state, or the character name, like, Russian-sounding? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Um, I guess we could look that up. Um, oh, she is also cast on The Expanse. Oh, as who? I don't remember seeing I, I don't know. It's it's TBA recurring role. So I guess oh. she is cashing that sci-fi check, which I am I am into it. Very um, topical for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I like her. She she appears in lots of stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I did a bad job writing down her, her, her cast name. Um, and then there's some dude, right? Yeah. Whose name is like, who has a ridiculous name. Um, he looks cool. <laughs> but I don't remember either of their names. Looks cool, um, but ridiculous name. Oh, maybe his his like character name's like Zeke or Z something. Oh like yeah, that. Zeke. Because I was like, oh, is he gonna die of dysentery? Because that's the only thing that I know of anyone named Zeke. <laughs> um, I think I honestly only know that because people are already like anticipating is there gonna be like a Raven Zeke ship? Everyone's just trying to find love for Raven. <laughs> I know where I kind of I would like them to sort of zig where we might zag, and I know that you are not a fan of Becco, and so I'm willing to forgive you. You know, not being being not even not cool with Becco, but like violently against it. Um, but how would you feel about Spy Mechanic? I still think that Raven deserves so much better, <laughs> but <laughs> but like uh, I can I mean. I think that Raven deserves better. But <laughs> better maybe than... better than Echo. I don't know why you hate Echo so much. Cause because she's an asshole. Like, she, yeah. And I I know that like Bellamy's arc last season was all about learning to trust grounders. And like I think saving her was supposed to be like a sign of good faith, but it's like yeah, don't judge all grounders by the bad ones, but then let's help this bad one that, like, tried to kill us a million times. So I felt like that didn't really communicate what the lesson he was supposed to learn. So it was supposed to be, like, don't judge the clan, judge the person, in which case I was like, let her die! (laughs) Yeah, Echo definitely didn't help with Bellamy trusting grounders, that's for sure. Yeah. 
But, like, he decided to forgive them and, like, you know, brought her up to space and made sure that she didn't kill herself. Like, Which doesn't make sense because he let Jasper kill himself. But so that's, but like, that was, he was had known that Jasper had been like suffering it? the whole time. It was totally different. Yeah, but he also knew that Echo tried to kill them a million times. And now they're going to be stuck in a tin can where they have to trust everybody. Like, it's Yeah, not... but she's tall and sexy. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Tasia is beautiful. That's what I've it comes down pictures. to. That's what you want to hear. But yeah. Echo is a potato. <laughs> Uh, I, I I realized that I glossed over us pushing any blogs or side projects. Uh, I haven't done anything with my life. Did you want to push anything, Shahid? <laughs> uh, my blog is freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks is for it perspective reading, or perspectives? No, it's singular. One perspective. Yes. There's Just only yours. one free-floating perspective. Because the free-floating perspective is the one that takes all perspectives into account. Is this some philosophy term? Yeah. Like officially, or well, are you fucking with uh, me? No, I just no. It's not official. <laughs> it's basically another Shaheen presentation gets of in a what's dirty called. Goddamn lie! <laughs> Sorry, I'm just making up. What is that? <laughs> it's a different presentation of what's called Pironian skepticism. Which is? Uh, it's the idea that. Um, oh man, how do I explain this in two seconds? I'll give you um, I'll give you ten since you gave me ten seconds to get this <laughs> podcast started. So Pyrrhonian skepticism is the idea that uh, one suspends judgment in the face of epistemically symmetric situations. So when you have a debate where the two sides of the debate have roughly equal um, arguments, roughly mm-hmm. equal amount of uh, information and sincerity and everything in terms of all of their um, epistemic um, characteristics, they're roughly the same and they disagree with each other. A Pironian skeptic suspends judgment rather than taking sides. Interesting. So, but then how do you come to any sort of a decision? In life? Yeah. Or you just can't do this when you're actually trying to get something done. Would you like yeah, well, different a, religions? Would that be a Pyrrhian? There is a there's an old objection to Pyrrhonian skepticism, which is called the apraxia objection or uh, inactivity, which is, I take it what you're saying, which is that if you really want to be a skeptic of this sort, you have to just lie down and die. And um, <laughs> But what if you got a cat? What if you got a cat? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Pyrrho, who uh, the the school this school of thought is named after, is um, this mythical character who supposedly didn't do anything. Um, he would just lie around, and his friends would feed him and take care of him um, because he was a skeptic. That but, just sounds like a lot of enabling. <laughs> but. That's that's all that's all stereotype. I reject that about skeptics. That's not what we do. We're very just, active members of the community. <laughs> you just call bullshit and sip on your drink. <laughs> yeah, we just call bullshit on people's bullshit. That's basically. Okay. Um wow. All right. So, I have that in my notes. I will check with you about spelling before I <laughs> before we post this. Um cool. You check right. with me about what? 
uh, like I'm going to check with you on the spelling of of, of these items. Uh, oh, okay. You know, for our for our yeah, for run sure. sheet or whatever. <laughs> um, cool. Is that is that it for hundred news? Do we have any other news we need to get through? I mean, they're all at a con this weekend. All meaning um, Bob Marley's at a con. Um, Christopher Larkin. Um, Richard Harmon, um, Tasia Tellis, um, one more. Oh, bro. Well, that doesn't matter. He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, I never understand, like, inviting, like, dead characters to, like, cons. Because I'm just like, well, especially if they were kind of a, not minor character. Like, Rowan was, like, a big enough character. But I'm just kind of like, so what what are you going to tell us? I feel like the consensus seems to be if he was hot, it's fine. Oh. Then okay. they want them to come back. But, like, yeah, no, I don't get it either. So how do you feel about Thomas McDonald then being invited to, like, 100 cons when his character's been dead for, like, two or three seasons now? No comment. No comment. I see. What about you, Shaheen? <laughs> the guy who played I'm Finn. I'm sorry. What's the question? How, how do you feel about the guy who played Finn being showing up to, to cons and stuff? Well, but that con was, like, named after him. I think that was the thing. Uh, I never had any problem with Finn, so... I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Go lay down and do nothing. <laughs> Shaheen is Finn shipper. I only realized Finn was a thing. Like Finn hating was a thing when I joined the the when I joined Reddit. Basically, like I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> and then no, it was like a, something on re- like I didn't hate Finn either. It was something on rewatch where I was like, oh, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of a dick. Well, to me, he was the one voice of reason in season one for the first half of season one where he was like, dude, like, he you can't can talk the talk. You can't escalate like this, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's why maybe that's why I liked him. Mm. Mm. A skeptic. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's let's get into the expanse. Um, so when last we left off, uh, unless you guys have anything else. No. No. All right. Ready. Let's do this. Uh, so when, when last we left off, we basically kind of ended on them, like, finding, getting to Eros. Sorry, the, the, uh, Miller and and the, the Rossi crew getting to Eros and, you know, discovering, you know, seeing Julie Mao uh, and, you know, what the fuck is going on with all of that. And now we kind of pick up with them. Uh, with with the Rossi crew and and Holden goes with Miller and they try to kind of figure out what what the hell is happening on Eros and they're trying to get out of Eros mm-hmm. and shit goes sideways uh, dealing with with uh, oh my god why am I blanking on his name um, dude who Which, who who runs um, the Fred? Mormon ship uh, yeah Fred uh, Fred Johnson you know mm-hmm. there's there's missiles there's a whole crisis with Earth and like Eros is like. They're going to try and blow up Eros, but it turns out Eros can fly itself, um, which is kind of a sketchy thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, the way that they kind of built this up very slowly of, like, Eros has its own power. It is a rock, but it is speeding up. It is avoiding being hit by the Mormon tabernacle. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy it's a thing. It's a rock smarter than everybody else. Yes, and it speeds through space, and, and Holden is willing to sacrifice his own crew to, like you know, chase after it and guide missiles to blow it up. But in the end, they end up sort of uh, through Miller talking with now reanimated blue goo Julie Mao, um, smashing Eros into Venus, 
Um, and once all of that oh, happens, boy. then then we have some crazy bullshit with uh, Earth versus Mars, and it's sort of a pissing contest, and like a moon blows up, and it's a whole it's a whole mess. It's a whole thing. It's a whole fucking thing. Um, so with that terrible description, um, let's get into it. And I was thinking that because because the Arrow stuff is sort of first in our story, so maybe we do deal with this a little bit more chronologically instead of uh, instead of moving into Earth and, and Mars. And maybe we'll, we'll talk about the Eros and Belter situation uh, with the Rossi crew, since that's sort of the first part of these episodes. And then we'll move into Earth and Mars as their kind of own thing. Does that sound okay. acceptable? Yeah. All, right. Um, all right. First of all, what was everyone's sort of overall take on these episodes? Um, I thought that I liked it more than the first set because um, I think a lot of that has to do with Miller's storyline converging with the crew storyline because I think he was, for me, like the weak link um, mm-hmm. before. So we no longer had that flashing back and forth between the two which i think helped a lot because it kept it more action-packed um so i don't know it was a wild ride i think um they did a really good job about keeping it exciting while still developing the characters um in meaningful ways so yeah i really enjoyed this section about you shaheen so i think that um um we talked about narrative immersion last time how this show kind of doesn't try to like uh, walk you through everything and explain everything to you in baby steps and just kind of throws you in there with all of this shit happening around you and you have to figure it out. Um, So I felt like that was still going pretty strong. A lot of stuff was confusing. I found myself looking things up and I even found reviews of, of the expanse or some of the episodes saying like, what the heck is going on? And apparently like in the um, expanse community, they have a, a metaphor for the show is like a hamburger or something. Um, what? What? Like what kind of a hamburger? Uh, everything on top of a hamburger. I don't know. Like they're just like, it's good that it's confusing and there's all, has all this stuff in, in it. I don't know. And this, this review was saying that like, if you stack too many things on top of a hamburger, it will, it's not good. So anyway, I didn't, I wasn't bothered. Uh, I, I thought, I, I can see how like it limits its audience uh, by doing this because I, I would imagine a lot of people would give up, would be, get confused and give up. Well, and you but, can't just jump in either because you're like, wait, what? Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I like um, we like the challenge, and um, but I I, I want. I want to say it doesn't look like the world made much moral progress in these 200 years at all. I mean, racism is rampant. It's all over the place. You mean between like Mars and Belters and and Earthers? Yeah. And it's just, it's explicit too. And they're just like, they're just like, yeah, we just hate each other and that's how it is. And (laughs) I don't know. And then there's like, it seems like there is there are no protocols in place to make sure people don't randomly invade each other or attack each other. Um, so, it, and again, this show wants to be an analogy for for our current situation, but I feel like maybe the analogy is a little too close. <laughs> like, like at least give us some hope that people will not be shitbags in the future. But yeah, like, out, uh, two two fucking hundred it's years. It's not a utopia like, for sure. <laughs> something should have happened in the intervening time. But no, people are terrible. 
Yeah. Like that's yeah. I mean that's kind of that's kind of especially the message. Um, all right. Well, so so with the storyline that we I, I agree with all that by the way. Like the show is getting good, and on rewatch, um, all of this stuff makes a lot more sense because you kind of know where it's going, and like you know where the Julie Mao story is going. Um, I still kind of we'll get into some some issues kind of with Miller because um, looking at the notes, we kind of all all sort of have these sort of like. Something was not quite settling right, and I'd like to get into that. Um, but let's talk about about the belt and and Eros and and the Rossi crew, and I guess Fred Johnson and the Mormon spire and and all of that. Um, maybe maybe the biggest thing is sort of the the proto molecule and sort of how we saw what that is. Like, what were your guys' first impression? I don't know if you remember the very first time you watched this show, um, you know, how, how it felt or if things are different now that you're kind of rewatching it, how, how sort of that introduction affected you. Um, Bubs? Um, I think that on first watch, I was like, burn it to the ground because I think that the protomolecule is so scary. Um, I think I talked about last time how, uh, flesh-eating viruses freak me out. And this is, like, the ultimate flesh-eating virus and that it'll, it'll, like, destroy you from within, but also, like, spread to everybody and it's, like, smart. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's the stuff of nightmares. Um, but one thing that I thought was interesting was on rewatch, um, one of the plot lines where we get to that research, that, like, stealth research ship. With all um, the people under sort of, like, not mind control, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, those people. So when you know how Miller shoots um, the head researcher um, and he's he eventually reveals that the reason he did that was because he was starting to make sense. And I was like, no, but he was making sense. Like on, on the rewatch, I was like, oh, my God, like we need to know what it's doing so that if this is a whole like attack from far away, like how are we going to make sure that humans aren't wiped out? Like, we have to know what it is. We have to know how it works. How are we supposed to defeat it if we don't know any of those things? So, from that perspective, I was like, wait a minute. No, I do not at all. Now, I do not at all. Did you agree with it the first time? I think, yeah, I think kind of. I was like, yeah, shoot everybody. Like, kill it. Like, (laughs) but now I'm like, wait, no, we need to know what it is. What about you, Shaheen? Well, so there are two there are two questions here, right? One is like the moral status of Dresden, the guy who did this, because he. Oh, that's we know the head. That, yeah, that guy. Right, because because we know that he deliberately injected the uh, people on Eros with the proto molecule. Uh, it's not like he realized this is going to happen, this is going to spread, and then he was like, "Oh well, might as well study it." It's not even that. He went in there. And spread it. Knowing that he was going to kill all these people. Right. In order to study. And and he knew that people would suffer and die and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so there's the question of like, okay. And and he thinks that he did a good thing. He thinks even that was a good thing. um, Because because of the greater good or whatever. So there's a question of like, is he making sense about that? And then uh, there's the other question, which is, okay, now that it's happened... Regardless yes. of, you know, whether, whatever, how it happened. Now that it's happened, should we now try to observe it and figure out what's, what it's doing? Or Well, that or was the we nice part it? about it. They didn't even have to make the hard decision. It was already made for them. So now yeah. they could just study it, which is like, yeah, I completely agree with there's that divide. 
Um, like the people are already dead. Killing him won't bring them back. So we might as well. Well, it's yeah. kind of, I mean, but I find myself in a hard position where should, in some capacity, should that experiment been run? Like, <laughs> not, I don't, I'll just stop talking. No, no. I mean, it's a good question. Like, cause it's okay. When, when we get in sort of later into the episodes, uh, the Rossi crew actually talks about the fact that, you know, all of these different types, all of the different places that the protomolecule that they know of existed are destroyed. The only one is the one sample that they hid in the asteroid belt. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, well, fuck it, we'll just get rid of that. And then now there isn't any more protomolecule in anywhere that we are. Um, but then Naomi kind of faked out Holden and didn't didn't blow it up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know... Is that confirmed or do we... Yeah, kind of assume that it, it was confirmed because we saw on the screen. I just watched this episode today, like because I fucked up and forgot that we were going through two hundred six. And like y- she shows Holden like on the screen the the missile moving, and he was like, "Great, it's done." But then we cut to a shot of the missile just powering down in the asteroid belt, like it didn't actually blow anything up. Right. So yeah. a, what the fuck is Naomi doing? And b, was that the right choice? Is it the right choice to keep a sample around so that they could study it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's something annoying about keeping that guy alive, the Dresden guy, because it's like the only reason he he gets to stay alive is because of the horrible thing that he did. Um, but, but was it justified? What was what justified? I mean, is is. I guess, is he saving humanity or would he be saving humanity? Like, is it worth the cost of killing these people? But I guess, you know, it's not a guarantee that they save humanity. It's also entirely possible that the proto-molecule would get out again and take over humanity, which is, I guess, what Miller's thing was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't even know what the proto-molecule does. At that time. Exactly. And and then and yet they it seems like especially um that guy Mao, Julie's father. Um uh he thinks that this is like a new chapter in in the history of humanity or something. Um so I wasn't entirely clear on how if if they don't know what it does, how come they think this is like a breakthrough and like a big step forward or something. I don't, have we not gotten to that? I feel like there are there's other research going on that we haven't gotten to yet, oh, and that's why he knows. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because because our our episode run finishes. We have no idea what the proto molecule does. The only thing is that at the very end of episode two hundred six, when um, Bobby Bobby Draper the the Marine is like lying on the ground of this moon or asteroid or whatever uh, after the firefight. And then you see like this face with like bright blue eyes, um, which coming off Game of Thrones, I was like, well, fucking White Walkers, I swear to God. <laughs> they made it to space. <laughs> Damn it. Um, oh my, like, yeah, what so if- were those guys, I was wondering if those guys were made of uh, protomolecule. Yeah, I think that. I think it is protomolecule. I think it becomes... I think at that point we're led to we're meant to believe that based on the color of the eyes. Which that is, is that same blue. iridescent mm-hmm. blue. Yeah. I I I think it's I, it's weird going into this show because at no point did you does it come off as a 
there are aliens out there as kind of a show. Like it's not, it's not X file Z or anything like that. It sort of unfolds as a very like real way of tackling what life coming out of deep space might be mm-hmm. and how fucked we are. Um, Chris Jen actually has a line that says, you know, they have a three page document of what to happen. Um, if, if they find intelligent life. And I think it was basically like step one, find God. Right. Because contact God. Because what? you're fucked. Yeah, let's just pull out the the gold phone and make a phone call to God. Yeah. Well, it's just you know, they oh. kind of know that if if ever something intelligent comes, it's the assumption is that it's going to be something that can wipe out humanity. Which Deep. I mean is a fair assumption because if they were able to travel to us, then. Well, and the fact that if we could travel out there, like, people have, humanity has shown that it's pretty terrible, so we'd probably do the same. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you see something that, like, has... The Mormons heading out, you know, going to, like, spread their... Gospel? (laughs) I'm still weirded out by that plot thread. I love it so much. (laughs) I'm pretty sure if aliens come down... It's going to be shooting and ask questions. I mean, like, when you see something with, like, six limbs and has, like, eyes on its stomach, uh, you know, you're going to shoot it and you, before you think about it, if it's sentient or not. And then there's going to be a whole disaster when, you know, with, like, the, with us killing them and them killing us. And then, you know, there's going to be people being like, hey, we're all sentient. And then, you know, it's just going to be a whole shit show, like then we have to expand our notion of like our morality to from beyond to beyond humans. And it's, it's gonna, we are gonna have to convince people that um, it's not just people. Remember, it's not just your race. It's all people. Um, and now you have to be like, okay, it's not just people. It's all this other thing, which is like all self-conscious beings or something. So it's going to take a while. Interesting. And, um, you know that there's a scientist that advocates for um, human rights for dolphins because he thinks they're smart enough? I mean, they are pretty fucking smart. Yeah, they are smart. And there was a Simpsons episode where the dolphins did come out of the water and we were fucked. <laughs> so, yes. And, like, imagine if a mutation happens and dolphins become smart enough to, like, create technology like humans. That's going to be a whole shit show, too. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, thank fuck we have thumbs, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> it really puts us in a, at an advantage. <laughs> turns out, like, holding things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talk, talk to me about your, your, your like, I guess, like, let's go into some, some character moments. And I see sexual congress. Um, oh, yeah. On your, well, on your run sheet. And, you know, obviously <laughs> we will talk about anything sexy. Well, okay. Honestly, I... I think that when we did the last pod, I thought that this already had happened. Um, oh, Holden and Naomi? Yeah. Did it not already happen? No, I think it was like the very next episode because it was right oh. when they got off of Eros, right? Oh, okay, okay. Or something? So, yeah. So that that whole thing happened, which on, on rewatch, I actually liked them more than when I initially watched it. Initially, I was just like, eh, whatever. But it, it kind of was, like, cuter the second time around, especially that, that like, space window, like, thrust that we oh, saw. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
<laughs> but but um, hey, they had this. They had the gravity faker thing there, so nobody had to brace up against any exercise bikes. There exactly, was no Newtonian yeah. laws happening or being broken. Yes, we didn't have to discuss that. Yeah. Um, but then, like immediately after that, we have like the introduction to Naomi hanging out with Drummer, which I was like, what? But <laughs> so. Yeah, I, think, I thought they were going to go somewhere with that. Right? And then they didn't. And I was like... It was very mm. sexy for a hangout. <laughs> it's a very sexy hangout when they went to the club and danced and shit. Yeah. And you know I have straight goggles. I know. So, like, so if you were seeing it... It was exceptionally sexy then. <laughs> did you find it sexy, Shaheen? Um, who was Naomi hanging out with again? <laughs> you remember Fred when Johnson's she played handball? Yeah, Fred Johnson's, like, right-hand lady, who's very cool. Oh, that girl. She seems a little evil, though. Yeah. Well, I wasn't like, sure what was happening. Was she just, like, taking a break? I guess. Yeah, kind of. Like, you know, just some downtime, some 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 rec time, some R&R. Yeah. I wonder if we'll come back to that. Like, maybe that's, like, a future thing. Oh, like because like Holden and Naomi happened so fast. Like there was it that they, was that they not can't like be endgame. Well, c- yeah, kind of. Like it's as much as I thought it was cute. Like on rewatch, it wasn't like something that was slowly built up. Um, although it had a lot of moments, like especially like <laughs> when they um, talked to Amos and Alex about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was also like just great as like an example of a character moment where um they let them know like oh this is happening and then alex goes god damn it when they find out when it happened because they had a bet going as to when it actually happened and like amos called it um and i thought that was great showing that they have like their own friendship where they like make bets and stuff and it was just very funny um we definitely see a lot more of them because then they also get into a fight later about yeah uh Amos protecting. I, like I think that. we we got a lot of Amos's sort of like weird code of conduct that he has. Um, yeah, his worldview became much clearer in this. Even though at the same time, that conversation, like that one that he had, and then even just his conversation with Holden, when Holden was like, "Hey, man, are you sure? Are you, are you cool with me and Naomi sleeping together?" and and Amos being like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, she's a sister. She's hot, and and." What was it? I do her if she'd let me. I do her if she let yeah. me. And I was like, well, A, that's kind of a thought that you keep to yourself. And B, like that kind of is a very interesting line that he has of like, if he is not going to force himself on her because of who she is. But like, mm-hmm. as we've seen Amos with everything else and like the fact that, you know, it's hinted at that he was like raised in a brothel and stuff like that. I kind of really do have a lot of questions about, like, what lines he draws. He seems to be very, like, sex positive, even Mm -hmm. though we haven't seen him with anyone. Um, He's an interesting So he said that um, there are three types of people in the world. The ones you follow, the ones you protect, and the bad ones. Mm -hmm. And so Naomi is someone he follows. Mm -hmm. And He protects Alex. I don't know. It's it's a little weird to, to fuck someone you follow. But, um, uh, is it from behind? I, I think that, like, part of what... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, I think that it's part of like his his thing that he has going, which okay, now that we've seen the episodes, um, the whole research space, how he was so curious about it, like it makes me think that that's part of his origin story as to the way that he is. You know, like he doesn't have this um like intrinsic moral thing going. Like he that's why he follows Naomi so that she can give it to him. Um and I think that maybe because he lacks that, he doesn't want to be in those kinds of relationships with, like, emotional relationships with people because he knows that he can't. Um, and so he doesn't pursue things like that, maybe. Um, well, so get if, if we get back to the follow, fight, and protect, like, and we're talking about the Rossi crew, he follows Naomi, he protects Alex. Does that mean that it's setting up more of a fight with Holden? If, if there are three types of people in the world. Ooh, that's interesting. Interesting. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> consider that. Um, Check I, out the big brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, to me, maybe it's undecided, but, like, that's interesting. I, I, well, I mean, um, Miller was the one that he he would fight. Yeah. But he's right, but picture. Miller's dead now. Before they bonded over cheese farts. That was a really cute scene. I loved it so much. <laughs> Where it's like they, it was such a great scene because it, it's like they have this common memory of this time when there's an abundant cheese and they all um, experienced it on their own. And, and Miller had like an inside story to it and that's like how he bonded with them. Like that was so cute. <laughs> it was, it was nice. And it kind of like for as uncomfortable as Miller makes me. And we'll we'll definitely get into yeah. that in terms of the whole Julie Mao wrap up because that was his best scene. Yeah, like, and it kind of it made him like tell a funny story because usually he's so goddamn serious. Yeah, and you know, Miller, you're just like, oh, you're such a buzzkill. Um, but it was it was a good story. Well, him and like who's his little buddy? His Murphy. Oh yeah, so so it is Murphy. We've decided this. Diogo. Yes. Um, is 100% John Murphy, and everyone can fight me on that. <laughs> um, he's a cockroach. Like, we have seen him almost die, like, 1,800 times. We de- we decided that Miller is Jaha, um, and that in some ways, maybe Julie Mao is his alley. Yeah. Like, but that totally makes Diogo John Murphy, because he just keeps showing up and will not die and is full of sass. He is full of sass. Um... Do you guys want to talk about the Julie Mao scene um, with with Miller? The the last one? Yeah, the last one where Julie Mao turns out is kind of alive, maybe? It's kind of, oh, yeah. Um, uh, it was so weird. Um, so I think we all had a similar problem with it, which is it just wasn't sufficiently justified that uh, Miller would be into Julie and that especially that Julie would be into Miller, but... Um, even the one direction of it wasn't even well justified. That's my main problem with it. Is it a casting issue? Like I, because I think like Julie was like kind of young and Miller's a little bit older. And like, I know that TV shows love to do that with old dudes and hot young things. But like at the same time, like we get it, Miller, you're super obsessed, but like, then he's like in love with her. He shouldn't have kissed her. I feel like that's where it. It solidified what was going on in that sense. Um, and it versus, made it squicky. Yeah. If you would have kept it like obsessed cop 
and like he's... more of like a father daughter like yeah protection instead or just of... leave it ambiguous or you know like it doesn't not every obsession or not even every love has to be sexual so it like could the... just be this weird thing that like yeah like he feels that a was ambiguous throughout and remains ambiguous until they die yeah it, it was you guys both suck at spelling squeaky by the way squeaky uh, no I, not I follow squeaky. joe's spelling <laughs> wait how do you spell it uh, do you mean S Q U E A? No, no, not like no. a noise, but like no, squeaky no, no. is in like it's yucky. Yucky, yeah. There's no, that's not a word. Well, it's a fandom word. It is. I've made it a word. <laughs> I've heard it before. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. It's informal. Yeah, disgusting or disturbing and unpleasant. Boom. Google says it. Must you learned something new. Is it was it a casting issue? Like would with someone else, or was it no, was it like not, a character no, development? It's not it's a a story, it just doesn't make her. sense. Never even his obsession her. with her doesn't make too much sense to me. Was Unless it supposed to be romantic? Of, I don't. You like, know what? were we supposed to see this as like a prince charming, like waking the princess, like from know. her slumber? Um, I think the way that I explain it to myself is that. We know that this is based off of a book series. And in terms of one character going off on his journey on television, it's not like we have a voiceover telling us what he's thinking at all times. So I think that perhaps there was something that just wasn't translated on the show as to how he got to here, maybe. (laughs) So it just doesn't really make sense to us. Um, I don't know. Like, too much of a leap of, like, us being... Sort of the Bellamy problem of season three of The 100. Yeah. You're expecting us to know all of these character moments. Yeah, but we also just don't know him enough. Like, what is his backstory? Like, are there things in his backstory that make this make sense? Um, Because we know he was an orphan and he received, like, he got, like, whatever, like, growth hormone shit so that mm -hmm. he wouldn't become one of those willowy belters. And he has a shitty haircut. Mm. But <laughs> that doesn't, it. So, I, it doesn't not, connect I mean, him to Julie. She was like a rich girl. Yeah. Like, it was kind of, was it supposed to be like a like, like in that case, I would have expected it to be his young cop friend, the one who got like run through with rebar. Like that would have made more sense of like this new young cop who like becomes obsessed with this case. But instead it's like this salty yeah. old detective who What was falls. the purpose of the other character? Is he going to come back? Like... Mm. Yeah, because I don't think we like really see him again in the next few episodes, do we? I don't. I really don't remember seeing him again. I guess we'll find out. What were you gonna say, Shaheen? Sorry. No problem. I was just gonna say that um, not having read the novels, uh, it seemed to me that we weren't really supposed to be getting much further justification. Uh, this was it. This was what the story provides in terms of why uh, Miller is so obsessed with Julie. Um, and we talked about it last time, you know, how it's, I, I think it's it's a whole MacGuffin effect. It's supposed <laughs> to be one of those situations where it's like, you're not supposed to question the narrative of this person really being after this goal. The, the point is what happens as a result of them being into the goal. Um, and so I think this was something along those lines, but... But it was so bad that it just took all of us out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it worked. Yeah, so... 
Because ultimately the gold became important. Because if it's supposed to be a MacGuffin, it, it has to remain that way. But I don't know. So, do you guys do you have anything any thoughts about the whole sort of Fred Johnson bit of things? You know, he stole a bunch of missiles. Like he took over the Mormon ship and like sent it after Eros. Like he's doing good work, but then also kind of. Yeah, no, I I kept going back and forth with Fred Johnson um, because he does a lot of things where you're like, yes, good guy, like he's doing it. And then you also, you finally hear his backstory when um, Christian was talking to the ex, like commander of the mm-hmm. Navy or whatever, um, where he was, um, he was told misinformation that caused him to shoot up a bunch of people that had already surrendered. And he yeah. felt terrible about it. And that supposedly pushed him to this other side. Um, but at the same time, he always feels so, like, slippery. And um, I kind of got that sense more when I think he was talking about keeping the the missiles. And he says something. Um, he says, take advantage of every edge we've got. Um, and the thing was, like, wasn't that what Earth was doing with him when they gave him misinformation to take out those belt people so it would send a message to the belt? Like, it's kind of... Like, he is kind of taking every advantage, and it's... And I know that it's, like, not the same thing, because it's more like now he's David fighting Goliath, sort of. Um, so it's... They kind of need any advantage that they have. But it just... I don't know. I still don't know what to make of him. Um, but I'm inclined to think he's good, but I also still get the sense of, like, what's actually going on. I I kind of, and again, like, I'm always, like, trying to, like, tie this back to sort of the, the hundred or whatever. At this point, he is kind of reminds me a little bit of sort of the grounder situation, especially, um, you know, I could look at this as the way that, uh, like, Lexa left Clark and, and, and the rest of Sky Crew at the mountain of just, like, especially during the discussion that he has with Holden where um where Holden's like hey man there shouldn't be any teams like we're all on the same fucking team of humanity and and Fred Johnson's like that's a beautiful dream son and then he goes on to say like in order to survive you're going to have to pick a side and it's sort of like yes it's great if we all think that we can like hold hands and kumbaya but like when push comes to shove i'm saving I, i'm doing what's best for me or you know in the case of you know the 100 what's best for quote unquote my people Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, will we get sort of, will we get some grand sacrifice from, from Fred Johnson or is he going to just yeah. always be sort of slippery in the background? Well, we, I feel like him, um, his Beth show of faith was sacrificing the ship that he was building from the Mormons because like, I mean, what happens if that ship explodes? Like, does he owe him all the money that they have probably paid him to build that? Like, um... Yeah, I don't know. But it does, like, with your analogy, it brings back that, like, Julie Mao and the proto-molecule are alley because everyone's, like, fighting each other. And they're so preoccupied with, like, you know, Mars versus the belt versus Earth that the fucking they're not white walkers realizing. Are coming over the exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it is, it is funny to see that. Where where do you think where do you think it's gonna go, Shaheen, with with Fred Johnson? Like, what kind of is there a philosophical something something that you can give us? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Do you think he's a period? Uh, so, I never thought of him as a good guy. Um, I never thought of any of these characters as good guys. Um, Not even Naomi. 
I don't know. She's kind of a shady well, bitch now. <laughs> well, the thing is, it, this. I mean, I, I'm kind of with um, Holden on this. I think they're all bullshit. Um, and you know, I I I am the type of person who thinks that um, once you do the same thing that your enemy has done, um, it doesn't matter who started it anymore. Uh, you have now become equivalent to your enemy. Um, and so I think because all of these people have done uh, similar things in terms of like lying, lying and betraying and killing innocent people in order to achieve their goals, um, I don't really think of any of them as, as good guys or bad guys. It's just people competing in this fight. And like Joe said, they're trying to save their own group. Um, and in terms of the analogy, um, Fred Johnson is kind of like Hassan Nasrallah. He's like the head of Hezbollah, right? Okay. So he, he has this sort of like, uh, shadow government or like alternative government that is for, um, you know, intended for defending a certain oppressed group of people. And so, you know, they do shady things and, and the other ones label them terrorists. Um, and b because some of the things that they do, um, do involve creating terror and killing innocent people and, you know, things like that. Um, but they, of course, they always say that all they want is freedom and, and uh, autonomy. Uh, and their claims to being deprived of freedom and autonomy are valid. So there's this just messed up situation that, you know, again, kind of analogous to, to what we have in the real world. I mean, but what, yeah. what would our options? But I, sorry, sorry. Can no, I just no, add, no, no, I think that Fred Johnson stealing the, the missiles is total bullshit. Like what? That's what I thought. Like, I, but like in what, in what sense is it bullshit? It, so I feel like it's bullshit in every sense. Like, first of all, it's bullshit <laughs> in the sense of like descriptively, like, I don't think you can do, you can't pull that off. Like, how, how are we supposed to imagine that that happened? Like the earth, the earth people were just like, we're confident that we're going to recover the other 30. And that was it. No one is looking for them. Like what the heck happened? We know the last thing we know is Fred Johnson had control of them. Like, is anyone asking him or anyway? So I just, I, I, I don't buy that. Um, the whole global system or the solar system is so incompetent that you can just steal 30 missiles. So that's that. And then like in terms of his, uh, integrity, I think, and what he wants to present himself as that just completely, um, negates the whole thing. Yeah, but it's a bad But then call. he admits it in that conversation, I guess. So I don't know. I mean, I in some ways, like, if he truly is trying to help OPA, like, and, and try to make them, you know, a, a power to be reckoned with, then it does make sense that he's trying to steal these missiles. Because as it is, Belters um, don't have sort of any recourse. Because as soon as they try to riot, um, as Fred Johnson has, has shown... When Belters try to stand up, Earth and to, you know, possibly, probably Mars will squash them. 
because um, that's what happened with yeah. with the mining you know ship that that was trying to rebel, uh, and then Fred Johnson you know they basically just withheld enough information from Fred Johnson just to make sure that he would kill them. Um, so I wonder if if Fred is still actually a true believer and on the side of the Belters, um, then it makes sense that he's trying to steal these missiles because suddenly it gives the Belters or OPA. Uh, you know, it, it gives them some leverage with Mars and, and Earth now, because before they didn't have anything. I I totally get that. I just don't know if it's enough leverage for it to make as much of a difference as what, to me, I felt like Earth giving Fred control of those missiles was a huge thing. Um, yes. And so I felt that that was more valuable than the missiles themselves. Um yeah, wouldn't it have been better if he had just returned them and and um, still had Earth's trust? You know, and- yeah, yeah. It depends open, how powerful open they this are. line with Earth. Whether yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, him holding on to them, like, I mean, I would guess that they're pretty fucking powerful. Um, but but is it just like does Earth have two hundred missiles? You know, yeah. Um, in which case, like, no, give them back <laughs> or just dispose of them. Better yet. Um, because I don't can you give a missile back once it's like launched? I I don't know. Like that's the thing. Like we we don't get enough of, you know, time. Maybe they just put them in like orbit around a planet. Just just spinning. <laughs> um is there is there anything you guys anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of the the belt and and Rossi storyline, any character beats or anything? Um I'm just going through my list really quick. I think we talked about most of it. Um, I do. I did really, as much as I had trouble with Miller, I did love the scene with him and Holden in the arcade in the last how, episode. How of, well, because they were just so funny together. Like it was such, it was such a dire moment where they're trying to hide from people, but like the way that they they worked their teamwork, it was like a cute like buddy cop moment. I don't know if anyone else felt that, but I thought it was cute. I totally got the buddy cop moment, like what they were trying to set up, except both of them are so surly that it like, it kind of didn't work for me. I was like, well, why are these two people to get like, cause you know, for a buddy cop, like you need like the good cop, bad cop. And these guys yeah. were both just like pissed off cop. But the, it was just like, I think that made it funnier. Like, for example, like from the second where Holden's like, get out, someone's coming, someone's coming. <laughs> it was just like, I, I, it looked like two like high people. Trying to like <laughs> pretend they're not high. <laughs> um, yeah. What's that like? I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> Hypothetically, what about what about you, Shaheen? Did you did you get a buddy cop vibe, or is there anything else you want to cover? Oh, I uh, with the um, with Miller and uh, just you know Holden together. Miller, Holden, you know the Rossi crew. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought Miller and Holden were, I thought they were fine. I thought it was funny, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, fine. Um, I had some issue with the radi- whole radiation thing, because um, Holden said, like, he was sure they were going to die within hours, and then they survived. Yeah, because they have um, magic, they have, like, that magic uh, healing armband on the ship. Yeah, so that was a little hand. I love wavy. the magic healing our man. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they both got like horrible cancer and like are now sterile. 
I guess. Oh, yeah. I like how Naomi, so, like, she's like, oh, you're going to be stale now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I guess, like, the, the opposite is death, so obviously you take it. But, like, I, I thought that was, like, very cavalier, like. <laughs> so you're Nina sterile. Kisto, sorry. <laughs> and speaking of hand wavy, um, though, I, I thought the whole Phoebe Station story was also hand wavy. Um, so what exactly happened? So Mars is going towards Phoebe to investigate and then Earth is following them and then Mars blows up Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then they, and then Earth takes that as, as an act of aggression and attacks another satellite. And then Mars claims that this was, they were attacked first um like i what the heck is like it was a situation that was supposed to be presented as a confusing situation where you know first we thought we were under attack then turns out no they were just blowing up phoebe and then uh all of that and so it was it was a situation where both sides kind of feel like they started it uh sorry they feel like the other side started the war Kind of like what we had with Grounders and, and Sky People, where both sides kind of felt like you started it first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a good, yeah. But but I don't know if it worked for me because, I I mean, I can see why the why Earth would think they, they started it first if Earth, um, if Phoebe belonged to Earth and Mars just blew it up for no Who reason. Who did it belong to? I was under the impression that it belonged to Mars. Um, yeah, or or was it private? Or uh, I don't know. I think I it, I, this this really kind of gets into sort of uh, as we're rewatching this show, like, and we're reasonably competent people. The fact that there is still this sort of like lingering confusion, especially when we get to these different space stations and like what the power struggles are with them, like it's still really hard to keep track of it all. Um, it is. Which, uh, that's that's definitely something that I'd be curious about if they're going to start addressing, you know, in later seasons. Because, like, we're re-watching the show, and granted, I have shitty sort- short-term memory, but at the same time, I shouldn't be lost the second time through. Yeah, and maybe, again, this is something that was in, in the, better explained in the novels. But, yeah. But in general, creating this kind of situation where there's a conflict in both sides... Um, you know, semi-legitimately or, or arguably justifiably feel like the other side started it is hard to pull off in a story. And I think this is one thing that The Hunter is really good at doing. So, yeah, I don't know if it, it didn't exactly work in the case of Earth and Mars. But again, maybe we're missing something. Speaking of Earth and Mars, uh, do you guys want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and discuss Earth and Mars? Yeah. Sure. Awesome. All right. We'll be back, everyone. All right. Uh, welcome back from hiatus. Um, well, not hiatus. Our brief, our brief, <laughs> pee our brief hiatus. pee break. Hiatus. <laughs> your your pee hiatus. Um, <laughs> where we are gonna get into the Earth and Mars sections of of these episodes. Um, yeah. Let's let's get into it. Uh, well, let's see. You actually don't have a lot of notes here, Shaheen. Uh, you have one yeah, thing. Yeah, much to say on on Earth. <laughs> Uh, do you want to address that? Sure. So there was this uh, exchange between uh, Christian and that shady guy who's uh, in bed with Mao. What's his name? Uh, Gen- uh, not Ganymede. Sorry. Uh, hold on. I, I had a note Aaron of Wright? him. Oh, yes. yes. Aaron Wright. Yes. 
Anyway. He's like the sad little finger. Oh my god, he totally is sad little finger. Like, <laughs> little finger is so smart and, and smarmy and conniving, and this dude is like, well, I'm tall and white. And, like, that's, that's like, all he's got going for him. Who's yeah. little finger? On Game of Thrones. God damn um, Shaheen. He's the one with, like, Sansa feels that makes it creepy. Okay. Do you know uh, anyway, he's like, he he says to Christian, well, he kind of um, tricks her, or he thinks he tricked her, right? Christian's a like, smart bitch. He is, he is playing is. a game, and he is out of his league with he her. He's playing checkers right. with a chess player. Yes. Yeah, so he's like, no, this is all uh, Fred Johnson's lying. This is all um, Tyco Station doing it. Uh, and she pretends like she bought it. And then he's like, I always liked this side of you. And and I'm like, what, the gullible side? <laughs> <laughs> so you mean? So that was that was my only comment. Your only comment about Earth. Yeah. Uh I feel like A, Chris Jen got to drop the the, the F bomb, which I always appreciate when, when she swears. Um I, I, I'm excited knowing that we're going to get a lot more of her, especially like once she sort of starts talking with Bobby Draper, when Bobby Draper, the Martian Marine comes down and, you know, tries to give her account on basically like what we, what the last episode of our, of our watch showed where she has a fight on Ganymede. Um, but yeah, like all of this, like earth and Mars pissing contest with, you know, maybe Eris is going to hit them and then they're going to start blowing up space stations. And then we like blew up, a moon of Mars and it's a whole thing. And it's, it all seems, it kind of feels a lot like, oh, and there's a time delay between, you know, when you get, when you give orders and when you hear what's going to happen. Um, it all feels very tense, but at the same time, I kind of am having a hard time caring about it. Does yeah. anyone have yeah. feels? Um, I felt basically the same where what I liked about, the Earth plotline was that it's kind of like the tectonic plates on Earth where it's like it's moving, but really we care about like the earthquakes above and all the action going on above. But you kind of see like what's in place and what's what's going on. Um, and so it's not it's just not as interesting as cool as Christian is. Um, and I like that it unveils the mystery bit by bit. Um, like when she found out that Earth was the one who, um, engineered and manufactured the ship that blew up the drummer. Right. Um, that stuff was like, oh, Earth, well, what does that mean? You know, um, so it just wasn't as fun as the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting because the vast majority of humanity still lives on Earth. Presumably, it's like thirty billion. Which I Earth. can't even like conceive of that. Yeah, how many? How did it fit all these people in there? I mean, um, I guess like Nebraska has people now, but like <laughs> at the same time, there I'd still are, like, be kind of skyscrapers in Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, it gets back to why like they clearly have you know a basic income set up because otherwise, like because there just are not jobs for everyone. Um, yeah, and nobody, and so, and nobody like, wants to go work on the How many people does Mars have? Um, nine billion. Was it that many? Right, I think it's nine billion. So Mars has nine billion, and the belt probably not even a billion. Yeah, how much does the belt have? I'd like to know the comparison. 
I, I we can we can certainly look this up. Um, That's what I, I'm doing right now. <laughs> the fact that there's like all of these people, and then like Earth is just seen as these lazy fucks who don't appreciate what they have. And Mars is, you know, obviously warriors, but you kind of, you definitely feel bad for Mars because, you know, once we kind of get introduced to, um, to 50 Bobby, million. 50 million? So it's interesting. It says 50 million by the inner planet's estimation, but 100 million by OPA estimation. Huh. Interesting. So a drop in the bucket for the amount of people, but they are also basically slaves. Yeah, or like a lot of resources presumably come from there. Um, yeah, I mean that's their job is to mine mine asteroids, but yeah. it's interesting because they never like, especially the tall willowy ones. Like they have no hope to ever leave the belt. Mm-hmm. Like they have no hope for a better life. Like they can't come to Earth because it is. Or if we to live in a swimming pool. Yeah, like it is physically painful for them, <laughs> and so it's kind of like this. Or unless Shitty they get existence. surgery, like Miller. Yeah, but I mean, after a certain point, like if you're already old, I'm guessing you probably can't. Um, yeah, yeah, so like, I was just thinking, like, the Earth could basically just, like, get rid of all of all of the belt and the Mar- and Mars and just, like, go back to just being Earth. No, but they need they need <laughs> the belt for minerals. Water, my, like, wait. For yeah. water and uh, metals. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Mars because once we get this sort of Bobby Draper, uh, which, by the way, the name Bobby Draper, I just think of Mad Men every time. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> so is Bobby the same as Gunny? Yes. Okay. I don't is know it? why. Yeah, it is. But I don't know why. All right. Um, like, we kind of get her perspective of, like, hey, we were promised that, like, we would be terraformed. Uh, on Mars that there would be, you know, so we wouldn't have to live in spacesuits. And like now, you know, that hope keeps getting pushed back by a hundred years, by a hundred years, by a hundred years. And she's yeah. like, I'm never going to see sky and, and water or anything on Mars. And it's kind of like, it's interesting because Earth has everything that they want in terms of like, you know, they can walk outside, they can be people. Mm-hmm. And then belters have no fucking choice, no hope for sort of anything. Uh, and then Mars has this, like, goalposts that keep getting moved back. Um, yeah. And it's sort of, like, kind of no wonder there's conflict between all of them. Yeah. Like, I don't I, I don't know why anyone is surprised, because you have two groups of people who are really pissed. Um, and Earth is kind of uh, privileged. Earth, Earth has privilege and doesn't want to admit it um, and feels like an entitled asshole about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm curious since we're going to get a lot more Mars and Earth story as, as season two goes on. Um, sorry, what were you going to say, Bubs? No, I, I mean, like, I don't know if we know Earth's full story because if they have, what was it, 91 billion people? Uh, like, I think it's 30. 30 billion. Um, it's still I, a fuck ton. It's just, I don't know how that's like sustainable without some kind of help from um the other planets like was ganymede purely for mars like that was a farm station or do they also supply that was a joint uh it was a joint operation yeah it supplied i think it supplied the belt too yeah oh so maybe supplied everybody. everybody 
Um, so like, I think maybe they do need all of the systems to function unless they're going to like pull an alley and kill a lot of people on earth. Yeah. Why not to me, whatever, like why has earth not had any fucking population control? Like yeah. of all things that this show, like, you know, uh, presupposing well, this mean, future. <laughs> maybe, maybe it does now. Years. That's why the Mormons are leaving. <laughs> it took 200 years for population to, um, basically quadruple which is great this is a great record (laughs) (laughs) that takes a lot of population control oh really what's our trajectory right now well that depends on how you project um you know standards of living and 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 stuff like that um but we're gonna reach 10 billion by the middle of the century um and then you know it's exponential if you don't control it it's just gonna grow exponentially so but 10 billion is gonna they? huh like why wouldn't they like i don't understand how you mm-hmm. can be like well we have 30 billion people better send a couple of them out to deep space so we can keep <laughs> feeding everyone like yeah. why not just let a bunch of people die <laughs> would you do that now would it would i do that now um <laughs> You know what? I had this like really crazy like nightmare thought while I was like trying to fall asleep in bed. And I was just like, I was like, why haven't we like cured cancer yet? And I was laying there and I was like thinking about like the population. I'm like, what if we already did? But they just haven't told everybody. Like, because <laughs> it like, was just you don't like know one about of those. Because you're a shitty person. Like, you do not have value to know about it. Like, well, like, no, you- I'm. I mean, like, we could cure cancer, but then look at how many people would survive and then look how many people we have by, like, this year and then this year and, you know, like. If we keep making it so that people don't die, we're just going to keep fucking ourselves, like, even more. Yeah, basically. Which, like, what's the answer to that? (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, there is the argument where people are like, listen, if you actually really want to fight global warming, do not have children. Yeah, or have two children to replace yourselves and no more. Yeah, I mean, or... I mean, there's an argument that, you know, if you don't want to be poor, don't have so many children, too. Which, yeah, I mean, because depending depending on on where you live, I suppose, because, you know, if if you're a rural, very poor farmer, you do need kids, because, A, they're going to die, and B, they're they're free labor. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, if you are rich and wealthy uh you know you, you probably don't need that many kids but it's, yeah, it's how also... much is a kid a year now a million dollars <laughs> oh my god they're so goddamn expensive i can't even imagine like i go and buy like a pair of shoes for myself and i'm like yeah my feet are done growing at least there's that and then you see like kids and you know you have to buy like eight pairs of shoes a year and like, i hope you like socks that's all i'm buying you <laughs> So, yeah, like, you can't live on hardwood floors. Some kid will, like, break his arm. Like, it's a whole thing. Um, but it was interesting. So so I definitely did want to talk about the episode where we got to hear about um, was it the Epstein the Epstein drive. First of all, that episode, Paradigm Shift, where we do learn about the Epstein drive, it totally reminded me of the Julie Mao episode later on in season one, where we got to sort of get the Julie Mao, like, flashback backstory. Um, Uh where you're like, hey, this is all the shit that happened. And so this was kind of a, hey, here's all the shit that that happened, like, with space travel. But I have questions. Number one, it was like, it was told with a voiceover, which is super weird and very different for this show. Yeah. Um, 
And it was told from him, like, saying, and then this happened to me, and then this happened. And the last we saw him, he was, like, rocketing out, you know, to the edges of space, like, so fast with so, you know, so much fuel, and he was going to have a stroke and die. Mm -hmm. But we never actually got a resolution to that. So my question is, like, was all of his research still on Mars? So, like, is that how they, like, figured out Mm -hmm. how to make the drive again? Or did he come back? Like, am I naive in thinking that his story never finished? And that's why we get to hear this voiceover. I actually half agree. I think I don't think he came back, but and I think his his um, technology. I think he says it while he's shutting off to wherever. I think he says like, "Well, my research will be here, so Mars will will be able to access it, and they'll be able to like okay. go into the farther reaches of the solar system." Um, but I do think that like what happened with him like going off into space was some kind of a catalyst for what for we're saying now. I just don't know how. Like, um, it just, it felt so weird that we had this voiceover. Yeah, because it was very, like, I said that that episode, um, 206, was very like 307 from the 100 in terms of, like, we're getting a flashback that, like, is tying into where we are now, I think. But we just don't right. know yet. Yeah, like... It, I loved it. Like, I thought it was super interesting. And I'm sad that we don't see sort of what happened. And so maybe that is the thing that, like, does the protomolecule, does he rocket, like, considering how little fuel it took, does mm-hmm. he get far enough out into deep space that they find him and sort of reverse trace, like, where he came from? Yeah. Well, I consider that, too. But you have to take into the fact that the protomolecule was found on, um, was it found on Phoebe? And Phoebe, so. and Phoebe was, so they talk about how Phoebe came, um, it wasn't something, like, it didn't develop out of the dust um, revolving around the planet to become its own moon. It came as, like, an asteroid from space. So, right. but that obviously happened, like, billions of years ago. Um, so, but I, we don't know about these protomolecule life beings. Like, are they able to, like transcend time well Um, and what if because clearly like it can join with your brain what if he found them out in space and we are hearing this voiceover because he did merge with them and thereby like like, sort of preserving his consciousness yeah maybe i i don't know it was just it was so jarring in in sort of the way that it departed the way that the rest of this story is being told that I was curious about your guys' perspective. Yeah, and I, that's something that I didn't even, like, consider the first time I saw it. Um, it wasn't until this time where it, it was like, why is this here? Like, this doesn't really connect to the story other than to tell us how, like, people live in the belts, which we kind of assumed that they figured out a way to travel, <laughs> you know? It wasn't, like, rocket science, except it was, you know? Um, did, you have any, did you have any thoughts on it, Shaheen? Um, sorry, thought, thoughts on what? On on uh, on the Epstein Drive, like sort of flashback storyline. Mm. Uh, I liked it, and I uh, I assumed he died. I mean, he, his eyes went crazy red. But um, like, <laughs> did did you find like the voiceover or anything but, kind of weird? So I thought the uh, when you were talking about that, I thought where you were going with that was uh, who like if he died at the end of this. He never, he never got to write this down or anything. So, 
uh, how can he be telling this story from like a first person perspective? That's what I'm saying. If he died. If, so that I is what you're saying. Yeah. I have questions. She has yeah. questions. Um, I have questions. But that could just, of course, that could, of course, just be like um, a weird a, storytelling thing. Yeah, you have to ignore that. <laughs> I think I, I believe there are stories that are written from a first person, first person perspective, and end with the character dying, aren't there? I mean, and it's, yeah, it's but always like, a I'm question not... of like, how did that happen? Like, sure, that Desperate possible? Housewives, the whole series. <laughs> I did not know that somebody died on Desperate Housewives, but sure. Um, but like, it just seemed like a departure from how they've decided to tell the story otherwise. Like, it felt vaguely Miller, but, like, he was also sort of jovial and, you know, talking about in the past tense. I don't know. It, it took me out of it. I'd be curious to hear what our what our listeners have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Ganymede? Since we don't have a ton to say about it. Yeah, her. what the heck happened? What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so, did, there was... The Earth didn't attack Mars, and Mars didn't attack Earth, right? In theory, like on Ganymede, you mean? Yeah, like in in reality, what ha- regardless of what people think happened, um, what actually happened was a third a third agent was involved, right? Yeah, the, the proto molecule. Yeah, the guy. weird alien thingy. Mm-hmm. And so they also had a ship then that attacked the. The Martian thingy? No, I think I think it became fighting between the Martians and the UN, like up in space, and because clearly they had like the line of the line of you know you shall not pass uh, when when the Martian commander was like hey back back the fuck off that line, but then the Martians saw the UN people running towards them, thinking that that it was an attack, but really they were running away from whatever the fuck that proto molecule being was. Yes. Um, which, if we're on Ganymede and that exists, then that means, like, where did that come from? Or did it jump off of Eros? Like, where did that uh, no, that's, proto-molecule come from? That's answered again when we, um, in a few episodes, when the crew makes it to Ganymede. Oh, I did a bad job then. <laughs> Clearly, I don't remember what actually happened. Well, so um, these are my questions where we well, left off. You, do you, I'll just say, do you remember the storyline where they meet that um, Ganymede farmer who's looking for his daughter? Oh, yeah. Okay. And where that goes, yeah. Okay. Um, either way, it was terrifying. It was, yeah. Um, I think when um, the first time I saw this episode, I was just kind of like in shock because like I kind of assumed where that came from that it was like the proto molecule but it's like now that it's in this movable like humanoid form like what does that mean (laughs) yeah it's scarier well we've seen a kind of form a human shape with the little particles but on on um, eros with like julie with yeah that happened with julie right it happened with Julie, but then when the dude, when the spy with the with the computer eye, when he uh-huh. was on Eros, like you saw him see it sort right. of right. It happened with him, yeah, yeah. Become there was like... human, but then he died, so we didn't really find out anything about it. Yeah, yeah. But this one was like a a cohesive body. It was like a whole thing walking around. It wasn't just like it was a, like an alien, like what you'd expect 3D from an alien. 
I mean, it almost becomes like a monster movie at that point, like especially like by the end of this season, because it's a thing that looks vaguely human, like in terms of, you know, head, arms, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It can live in the vacuum of fucking Thumbs. space, um, which is <laughs> like that just automatically means cool. So we're dead. Like humanity is is done. And it kind of makes you look back at, you know, Miller Miller shooting Dresden and being like, well, hey, now, maybe that was a little premature because you can't fight this, right? Yeah. I feel like I that's mean, like the terror of the think, whole thing. Is that you think we, being able to live in in vacuum give it gives it a big itch? Uh, I, it go goes into like what they were talking about, how I think like um, What's-His-Face-Mal was talking about the next – um, frontier of human development was to not be confined to um, spacesuits. And I'm sorry, I, mean, I didn't hear my dog. Oh, is 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 Bonsai throwing a fit? Is he yeah. is he over podcasting? He is over it, and he's trying to get my attention by like um, <laughs> fighting his chew toy. <laughs> is has he started humping anything yet? No, that's he doesn't do that until like 9 p.m. Oh, okay. Well, then. I love that he, like, has, like, time. You know, it's, it's, he has, it's like, a nice it's, time. No, it's a schedule. It's, like, he'll eat dinner, we'll go we'll go outside to go potty, and then he'll come back and he'll, like, hump his blanket pillow thing because his pillow pet got destroyed. By humping? Well, I tried to, like, wash it and that didn't work. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Gross. Gross. Um, what do we think? So, so knowing where the story is going to go and that we kind of, we kind of, the season ends on them landing in Venus and kind of exploding, right? Or am I, or is that like before? So, so not only can this thing survive the vacuum of space, but now we're also possibly led to believe that it survives whatever the fuck Venus is. Yes. Um, which I feel like we kind of assumed just because I don't I don't know I assumed it but um so yes um it it, it feels like alley like it feels like we're getting into this thing that it sort of can survive in consciousness yeah. here's the thing yeah Venus's atmosphere is is mostly carbon dioxide and if this thing can survive without oxygen, it can do a, a lot of stuff with this carbon dioxide. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's what the, the you like, the, it can make trees out of it, and, and uh, we can make anything out of it, can make food out of it. Oh, so you're saying it can, like, it's con- gonna terraform like, Venus with, with, like, breaking apart carbon, you mean? Yeah, carbon dioxide is like basically that's how trees make food for us is by absorbing carbon dioxide. So, if this this thing is like a tree that can survive without oxygen, it seems a lot meaner than a tree. Yeah, <laughs> it's a That's Venus flytrap. Oh god, damn it, Bubs! <laughs> Sorry. And then and then think about that. That's then they, they can make oil out of it, and then you know it can just keep going like that. So we're fucked, but possibly benevolently, <laughs> I guess. I guess I, mean, I don't know. If it preserved Julie Mao's consciousness, like do we just have to give in to the proto molecule and become like 
a blue monster and then we too can just well transcend so our human if, weakness <laughs> what if and like getting into this blue monster thing so you know it's this network thing that it's like going to create a fly trap and it can you know survive and it's this whole network thing we've all seen avatar like what if like avatar like sort of disneyfied what this thing is and you know it's this thing from space but it actually is sort of this interconnected uh you know neural network of of objects and and you know living things mm-hmm. um like what if that's what it is like what if this is from pandora um you know in deep unobtainium? space and like yeah like what if this is un- you know all about un- unobtainium i don't know did i did i go on a weird tangent no, but it's, like, it is kind of, like, what is it? Like, what's the purpose of it? Like, is it a gift from aliens from far away? Like, yeah, is, is this it- contact? Like, is yeah. this... I, I have a lot of questions. Like, what if it's not evil? And, like, honestly, it hasn't shown to be evil. It hasn't done anything that we would deem evil. You mean aside from killing everyone on Eros? Well, but did it kill them though? Because you you know that like um, when um, Expanse Murphy is letting Miller Expanse um, Murphy <laughs> I can never remember his name. No, when no, Expanse let, Murphy's great. <laughs> when he lets um, Miller bunk with him, um, where were they? Wherever they were, um, and he he's playing this song and like Miller's like, oh my god, stop playing the song. And the song was um, the sounds coming off of Eros. That some hacker DJ picked up the signal to and like remixed into a song, and that like that broadcast you could hear like voices and stuff. Like, so are they dead or are they just taken to the next plane of existence? Like, what um, if, what if on Venus where they're building something, what if they are building the city of light? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the city of blue light. Exactly. I feel like we are, like, A, we're getting really reachy with our, like, parallels, but at the same time, like, they kind of hold up, and it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, if there's uh, there's any way for this thing to be less painful and intrusive would be nice. <laughs> like, so it's not a painful, tor- a terrible blue goo death? Yeah, like, I mean... Like, even if it comes... Even if your consciousness comes back... Um, it's like, could, could, is there a better way of ingesting this thing that's not gonna, like, I'm not gonna be in pain for days and die horribly? Right, like, just come back, like, that would be nice. But, like, so that, that kind of also gets to the question of, so all those people that were radiated, like, irradiated on Eros, it almost seemed like the scientist was trying to feed it corpses. Like, here's dead bodies for you to digest. But it, but it almost seems like this thing wants you to be alive. Well, remember... Uh, I think it's about the energy. Into, when if- Miller went into Eros, he noticed that uh, it doesn't infect any of the dead bodies. So if you're already dead, it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason to think that maybe it doesn't want to kill you. Because... It only absorbs people who are alive. And then it looks like they died, but, you know, who knows? So why did they... But then why would they, like, try to, like, 
give them all radiation poisoning on Eros. Like, that doesn't make sense then. Well, because it, it feeds on energy. It feeds on electromagnetic energy. So they were just giving it a lot of energy. Like, into the bodies? Like, to, like right yeah. before they died so it could take them? Yeah, it would just grow faster and take them over faster and, you know. Yeah, and I think there was a scene where they showed um, there was, like, a... A light thing or maybe a radiation thing pointed at some of the bodies to like um, speed that process along. And remember, Julie had to break all of her lights because she realized this thing is absorbing the energy. Yeah. I guess it was just weird that they would try to like speed it up. Like if this thing already moves pretty quickly and like if it was giving like a free reign on Eros, like I don't understand why they needed to like herd them all up and then try to kill them with radiation. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, trying to, trying to speed it up, but at the same time, wouldn't it make sense to observe it at like natural speed? Yes, but like if they could make it faster, they could get the data faster. <laughs> <laughs> but what if that changes the result? Uh, and the thing is the result is supposed to be different every time they say it evolves differently every time the so more information i'm not sure what happens. yeah like what kind of what kind of data are they getting if it's not even predictable and what about the dude that they rescued from from dresden's people who like is still alive but is like weird and brainwashed like oh, the, he the amos like he has one. no empathy he's like yeah amos. like like what? What happened to him, and what is going to happen to him? Like I have, I have quite. Because again, like you he's know, like some, actually. Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say. Um, they say that. Um, empathy makes us make bad decisions. Yeah. So, um, we talked about Peter Singer before on this show. Um, ethicist. Um, he, I think he says this that like. Uh, people who rely too much on empathy actually don't make good ethical decisions. Um, so, well, because they become too personal. Yeah, and they weigh things the wrong way, and too much you know. by how, what they what's in front of them, and not the bigger picture. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's interesting that you know we assume that if you erase someone's empathy, they will just become like a. Um, you know, emotionless monster. But is that true? If they still can, can they lose empathy, but keep their sense of morality and, you know, still act morally? Um, I think it's more like about the motivation. So I think the problem is, is you don't um, separate self-serving with empathy. So a lot of times people make a decision that sort of hurts them, but is more beneficial to the group. Versus someone who doesn't have that, like, sensible, like, oh, well, me doing this is better for me, so I'm just going to do this, whether it can have, like, a devastating impact on other people. So I think that's where it it is bad, technically. Do we, do we think that Amos has no empathy? And that's why he has his three rules? Um, I think that... I don't know what he is. It's really... I don't know what drives him to um, follow... Naomi. He definitely seems a little sociopathic. <laughs> like, yes. But he a has little. a conscientiousness somehow. Like, that he he's, like, self-aware that 
the way that he is. I think that maybe it is like the memory of who he was before and maybe his experiences that were like growing up in a brothel, like a hard experience. People who go through really tough things tend to have more empathy just because they've been there than people who have not. So like maybe it's like remembering those things and how it felt that is what drives him to seek a source of morality. Hmm. It's interesting, like, I wouldn't have thought that Amos would be, like, one of my more favorite characters, but, like, especially on rewatch, like, he's the one that I have the most questions about. Yeah, he's interesting. Do you like him more now, Shaheen? I knew, I know that you, like, were not a fan. I, yeah, I I don't like. Still not a fan. (laughs) Is it it because of the violence? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, like... When he sh- when he shot Miller's friend, um, like that's that's erratic behavior. Like there was the situation didn't call for that yet, and he just makes it look well, like he pulled the gun on her. Yeah, but it was under control. It didn't look like he was gonna shoot, and he just like walked up and he was like, "Bam!" And then he makes it look like just got the job done, but it's you know. It's like, yeah, but it looked like there was a less violent solution. <laughs> um, so I, I don't like keeping the, that kind of people around. Like It's kind of like uh, uh, Walter bothers me on, on The Big Lebowski. Like, I was just, just like, dude. This- Wait, that's our 90s movie reference today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was really worried that I wasn't going to, to get one. But thanks, Shaheen. You're welcome. The podcast is saved. <laughs> Yay, nobody's fired. I mean, but here's the thing, like, if, I mean, we don't have to get too much, like, obviously, we're, like, going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but, like, to say, oh, well, it didn't need to be violent, but I don't think Amos sees, having seen how, like, Alex reacted to Amos beating the shit out of that dude uh, in, in, like, the bar next to the brothel or whatever to protect, to, to protect Alex, it sort of seems like Amos doesn't see violence like he just sees action reaction and he is confused by other people's horror at his violence because he doesn't right he doesn't that's see why i say his, he has sociopathic symptoms because oh, he does it, yeah it, it looks like he just sees a problem and he takes care of it he doesn't see another human i think um, it's like how he says though he says it's um people to follow People to protect and people to fight. Like, that's how he sees it. Yeah. And, and so- then when he does it, he doesn't seem affected by it. Like, you know how, like, when when Holden had to push that button and kill that those people. And Which was totally had- a hundred moment. I meant to talk about yeah, that. I know. Like, it was totally Clark trying to talk yeah. down uh, Cage and being like, I don't want to do this. Don't make me kill you. And they're like, fuck you. And okay, now you're dead. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, no, that was totally like a Battlestar Galactica type moment. Yeah, and then so like he afterwards he was shaken, right? He was like fuck or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. If it was Amos, no, he, he would have been care. like, all right, who's up for soup or you know, whatever. <laughs> so like that kind of person, I just can't. Who's I mean, you? I can't trust that kind of person. But no, it's like. I think there's, like, slightly more to him. Like, there's there's hints of slightly more in that, like, he 
he hasn't gone off the rails. Like he doesn't have to listen to Naomi, but he he chooses to. But we um, we we get some of that in the next chunk of episodes that we're gonna watch, where like multiple like isn't it Holden who tells Naomi to like get get Amos on a fucking leash? Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. But then, like, no, but then really at the same time, it's kind of like look in the fucking mirror, Holden, because you're also going off the deep end. As he does well. have a Clark off the rails moment too. Yeah. He totally does. Um, which which well, makes me that... go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, I was gonna say. Um, I actually think that's another thing that makes Amos dangerous is is his loyalty because I think these types of people, uh, if they have this uh, tendency to find someone and, and blindly follow them, then they they become really dangerous, you know. Because who are they without that person? Like who well, is then, Amos? Well, who's that person? Just Naomi. I mean, that's like the perfect person that Hitler wants, right? You want someone who doesn't care about killing other people and and who follows whatever you say. Yeah, that's perfect for for like a a dictator. But I, think <laughs> I kind of. The story is that Naomi is worth following, and I don't think we're supposed to believe that she's not. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that this type of person is a dangerous type of person. If they happen to be following a good person, then then you know you got lucky. But but they they could very well have followed someone dangerous or or more. Uh, I. I'd be really you know. curious if we're gonna like in the next season. I think, um, and having seen some stuff with with Twitter, uh, the actress who plays Naomi said like, you know, Naomi's arc is difficult but rewarding and stuff like that, which makes me think that maybe Naomi sort of enters into either a murky gray area of her own morality or that she, for whatever reason, can't be there to steer Amos and to kind of see what happens with him if he doesn't have, you know, a leash on him. Um, you know, does he find his own morality or does he become, you know, basically like, a, you know, a terminator? You know, is is he dangerous on his own without it or does he find his own, you know, moral compass? Yeah. Um, I guess I guess and we'll find his out. conversation with the um, scientist guy was creepy. Which which part? Um, well, like we talked about how Amos is, you know, we're wondering if he has empathy, and and the scientist guy was like, "Want to try it?" <laughs> and he was like, uh, "Nah, man, I'm good. My mom said don't do drugs." <laughs> um, but but you know, he's kind of thinking about it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but he he good. used his superpowers to like um talk to that scientist guy. He totally did. Yeah. He's a magical sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like, you know, sociopath sociopath. They understand yeah. each other. <laughs> well, they understand that it goes by like motivations. It's only like it's not about feelings. It's not about look at these orphans that are dying. It's Nobody like gives a shit about dying orphans. <laughs> not in a world with 31 Billion people. Like, how are there so many people? Anyway, that's a separate Anyways. issue. I'm, I'm, I'm irritated by how many people they allowed to be on Earth. Now you, now you agree with Allie. <laughs> I do. I, I Here's the thing. Like, Allie was not wrong. She's um, just she a dick. She was just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's there true. are too many people. She went a little bit like, here's the thing. Allie said there are too many people, so... 
I'm going to get rid of all of them, which was not really the way to handle it, Allie. Like, too many people, so let's get rid of most of them. Well, or- I thought that was the plan. Let's, let's get rid of most of them was the plan. I mean, it's. I, I would say it was kind of a miracle that any survived. Unless she knew that they were going to survive. I don't know. See, we have a lot of questions. A lot of questions. A, a lot of questions. Yeah, I um, always assumed that she she calculated that, that some would survive. That does seem like a computer calculation. If we blow up the world, like, 0.1% are going to survive. That's about, like, 300,000 people. So let's do that. <laughs> because... Becca said that she killed that Allie killed six and a half billion people. So even if you know population hadn't grown at all, you'd still have a billion. At seven billion, there would still be half a billion. Um, you know, five hundred million. Um, people still left on Earth. Yeah, in theory. Afterwards, and then you know, someone probably die in the result in the aftermath, but you know. Even you with 250 million people, like, let's say you lose another half, yeah. um, that's still a remarkable number of people, which, again, makes me kind of irritated. Like, I-, I want to branch out more in season five of The Hundred to be like, okay, so who the fuck are these people? Because yeah, there's got to be the more. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, I don't know. Let's Prime go- Fire 2 killed all of them. <laughs> killed all of them, right. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll never have a grounder orgy. <laughs> Hey, you know, there's still stuff in the bunker, like Cannibal Crew, or maybe they'll solve their differences with sex. I don't know. (laughs) Like the bonobos. (laughs) Like the bonobos. Um, Do you guys want to move into some well actuallys? Sure. All right. Um, I actually didn't have any, actually. Um, I struggled to have one. Bubs, what what, what you got? Oh, okay. So mine is not technically a well actually. It's more like, um, so I love when I have read like a, a scientific study in the past and then like some TV show uses that for like a plot line. <laughs> so um, the whole thing about like the, what we were just talking about, the sociopathic thing about holding like um, or applying like a magnet to one side of the brain um that, like, um, counteracts empathy, basically. That's actually, like, I think that it's based off of this um, experience, uh, experiment that they did with applying a magnet to a specific part of the brain on the right, like, kind of, like, above the ear a little bit, which um, made people really bad at math because it, like, it, like, shut down a portion of the brain that, like, um, I guess deals in math. So what they did was they did the reverse where they applied like electrical impulses to that part of the brain and it had positive increases on how good these people were at math that lasted like over six months, meaning that they repeated the studies um, in six months and the people who had that electrical um, thing applied to their brain actually retained those skills and were still better than everyone who did not have it done. So Two questions. Yes. How long until that gives you cancer? <laughs> and like nothing. Why? It's, it's it goes with like how the brain functions, which is just like a bunch of like electrical impulses. So why are we? So not- it's just like pot, basically. <laughs> yeah, but um, like instead of you thinking that you're a creative genius, you are actually a mathematical genius. <laughs> basically, yes. Huh? I had no idea. Like, if you can so find that is, study, this I'd love is a real it. thing. This oh, is a yeah. new thing. What? Like, this This is not no. from the National Enquirer? This is from 2010. I'll, I'm putting the link in the... Can the I get some of that? 
Oh shit! All right, so new sign. Okay, yeah, I'll put it. I'll list it uh, in our in our episode rundown because that's yeah, actually really also, interesting. Um, I think that who else reported? I think Scientific America also had um, something to say about it. That's crazy. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get in on that. <laughs> Work that out with your with your visa. Like, so listen, I know you don't want to give me a job, but what if you put a magnet next to my ear? It's like it's really puzzles. cool stuff because I think at the end of the day, anytime there are studies like that or studies that like if you're a fan of Oliver Sacks and like have read the book, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat, it's all about like studying um, things that go wrong with the brain to understand like how it actually works. Hmm. So it's very cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, what about you, Shaheen? What, what, what you got with your uh, well actuallys? So, two things. Mm-hmm. One thing that really pisses me off <laughs> is this. When Miller was on Eros and, and Eros starts flying off orbit um, and he goes, if Eros isn't spinning anymore, how come I still have gravity? <laughs> I mean, come on. Wait, really? wait what's wrong with that statement? Gra- dude, I mean, gravity has nothing to do with spinning. I mean, don't people already know this? I said good things about sci-fi on this show. What is this? Well, was he bullshit? standing in the opposite plane of where it was headed towards? So the the planet spinning around itself would counteract gravity, actually, a little bit, unless you're. Uh yeah, unless you're like on the inside somehow, or, or I don't know, like if you're standing, like if you're inside, un- like underneath the surface and standing, your feet are ups- on the edge. Like yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, so so like, it's, it's like like one of the crazy concave Earth people, um, which is they yeah. So. If you delve into YouTube, it's some weird people. Well, so, but here's the thing. Like, what if, what if the gravity is dependent? Like, what if the artificial gravity created? Because there's no way that, like, like, that, that, that a small asteroid has the same, you know, obviously not the same gravity as Earth or whatever. But maybe it needs to spin in order for them to, like, harvest that energy to fake gravity, maybe? But then again, they wouldn't. They didn't explain that. Like, if that's the technology that they're using. Yeah, I mean, again, it would have. Yeah, the only way I can think of is is what you were saying. Is like, uh, what did you call it? What concave people or? living in the crust underneath the crust? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, like that the, they would be that the centripetal force had, would be pushing had, them outward, and if their yeah. feet are are on sort of the inside wall, then that would keep them glued to the you outside. You had a great name for it, though. The flat earther or the concave earthers? Concave earth, yeah. Those people. The who? Yeah. The what? So you've heard of flat earthers? Yes. So there are some people, um, and they're they're crazy religious people. They believe. Uh, Are these young earthers too? Uh, I mean, probably, Uh probably. Um, so they believe that, so you have the earth, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of the mountains and stuff being pointed to the outside. It all points to the inside and the sky and the celestial like cosmos is actually in the center of the earth. And they so realized when we look- that, that would be really easy to check, right? <laughs> this, this is this is your liberal media bias showing. Oh, you God. do not listen to the word of God. And I guess that like 
if you watch some of these videos, like the the, the Kool Aid that they are drinking um, is is it's kind of like when you hear somebody just explain something that you're like, there's no way that this works, but you say it with conviction. You you use big words like you're you're showing me theorems and stuff, but like everything relies on this one thing or something like that, you know. So like if you take that away, the whole thing falls down, but. Um, they basically believe that the earth uh, and like in the middle of the sky is sort of this ice crust. And like that deals with how like light bends and like that gravity isn't a thing. It's, it's a whole it's a whole bag of, wow. of, of crazy Kool-Aid. Um, and so all the stuff that uh, we observe from like, uh, you know, the rest of the cosmos, that's all just like fireflies in the, at the center of the earth. Um, it's it's. It's NASA and scientists, their math being wrong and them like oh, sort of just making it up. lying to you based on like I that mean. they're not willing to tell you the truth about like <laughs> God having like the celestial space in the middle of the earth and like light bending this way. And I, I mean, here's the thing. If if God was a thing that he, people could just like do a study and be like, oh my God, God's real. Scientists would be all about that. It's not about proving that God isn't real. It's about just doing scientific method and seeing what's <laughs> up. Like, if it proved that God was real, they'd be like, oh my God, guys, God's real. Like, look at and this. And it's not like data. people aren't looking for it. It's like, not and like I, biased. <laughs> I wonder if kind of that's what this show is even moving towards because, you know, like scientists have always been searching for what's called, you know, the God particle. And like, what if the proto molecule well, is, for lack of a better a term, that's what that is? Well, no, it's a Higgs boson, right? <laughs> I mean, fair. But like, what if, what if the proto molecule is the thing? Like, what if, like, what if they're it's able the... to study it and figure out the whole thing, and like that is actually sort of the cause of life and all of this? But of like, the big bang since it, that created since everything. it mutates, and you know, I, I don't know. Point is, there are people. But where who did it come that, from? That who the created moon, it? <laughs> the moon is. It inside doesn't answer the earth. any questions. Is the thing. Oh, and that the sun is inside the earth, obviously, as well. Obviously, um, Earth's super big. Yeah. Um, what about the proto molecule and the bird? Anyway, yeah. So the second, well, actually, <laughs> so when um, Miller was inside Eros and this. Um, a bunch of these protomolecules formed this bird that he kept looking at. Uh, you know that you know that bird that was um, always near uh, Julie's apartment, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of this, this weird, long, wobbly bird. Bird that's you know low gravity bird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how did the protomolecule know about that memory? Had that he already taken Julie's off his memory? Or is that, that are we assuming that's Julie's memory? But how did how did the proto molecule know that Miller knows about the bird? Um. Well, we had that weird. Where were they? Um. Well, no, was it Tycho? Probably Tycho. Um. Where Miller was rooming with what's his face, and he sees Julie in the mirror. Like maybe there's. We're supposed to believe they have this connection, like, that transcends whatever the fuck? Well, I think maybe it can reach out and... I don't know. Yeah, never mind. I don't know. I mean, could it have happened when Miller came and they found Julie? 
Like, and they didn't think that there was any protomolecule in the air, but maybe there was enough maybe it was to, observing. like... Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, that is... That's maybe the question. actual bird is, is a protomolecule thing. Maybe, and it Whoa. went home to see what was up. It was like a whole... Ca- it was a camera. Like the dude's eyeball. Wait, wasn't that your theory last time about the bird? My theory? Oh, no, it was mine, that I thought it was, like, a... F- like, uh, a like spy a ship or spy- something. Yeah. I mean, who um, knows? Turns out it's just a shitty bird. Here's my <laughs> question. And like maybe this goes this speaks to the fact that I know nothing about the armed services. Why are they called Marines on Mars? Like <laughs> the word marine to me means water. Ocean. Ocean. Um, and there's not any. Well, I thought that marine means a, a soldier that can operate both on water and land. But they don't have any water on Mars. Not yet. But they they train for fighting with the Earth, and they they even train on one G gravity. So they're planning, you know, for fights with Earth, where there is water. I I, I just you know I I just had questions. I just had questions. <laughs> um, clearly, clearly, I know nothing about the armed services. Um, <laughs> I don't either. I guess we can wrap it up uh does anyone have any tv shows to recommend oh damn it i didn't think about this one someone else go first i started watching silicon valley oh did you like it yeah i'm actually re-watching like i binge watched the whole thing four seasons and then i'm now re-watching um yeah i like it it's pretty cool um i guess you'd have to be into the whole tech startup culture a little bit at least if you want to watch i mean even if you're not it's really funny it's pretty funny i like the characters the writing is strong um uh i think it's a little sexist i mean that's the thing like i'm (laughs) having a hard time wanting to watch it because i'm like a bunch of like tech bros i really don't need my real life to bleed into my fantasy life what's her face allison the only like main girl sure she's the only main girl but she's not a love interest and she's awesome allison or you mean monica monica whatever same kind of name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's a, she's like, a strong so... enough character that you're just you just forget her name. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the latest seasons. I'm going off of like season one and two. Go ahead, Here's the thing. So um I get that, you know, there on the on the one hand there is like trying to represent um the tech culture. Mm-hmm. Um the way that it is and that involves you know there's a lot of guys and not not as many girls and uh everything that comes with that mm-hmm. um and, and you know the show kind of um makes fun of and um you know makes parody of the whole culture there uh, as a whole and this is just one aspect of it so there's you know other aspects of it that they make fun of uh like the whole their obsession with like the Eastern uh, mysticism thing and, you know, all of that. But um, on the other hand, uh, there are two, two things. First of all, uh, some of it is not just representing the way it is. Some of it seems more like um, endorsing. I don't know. Like there's the, there's the scene where there's this whole uh, tech startup competition thing or conference 
where, you know, they all come and they're like, we're going to make the world a better place and we're social, local, mobile, uh, I don't know, whatever. Like they all, they all say the same things. Uh, they, we're going to revolutionize this. We're going to revolutionize that. And they're all, it's all guys. And it's, it's racially diverse, but it's all guys. Um, and well, then, is it racially uh, the, diverse in, in that it's like white guys and Indians and Asians? Yeah, which is, you know, again, is like kind of a good representation of, of uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah. More or less. So like if you want to think of it as like, yeah, they want to show it the way it is. Uh, it's like, yeah, there's like Indian Indian guys and uh, Asian guys and Pakistani guys or whatever and and white dudes. Um, and then uh, and then there's like this one startup that's that's just that's all girls. Um, and it's like, well, first of all, it doesn't have to be all girls. Like, could there be like, the you know, the one off girl in one or this or that startup? And then, you know, maybe the the female dominated startup has one guy or i don't know but anyway uh, and then they then the, the their pitch in the conference is this ladies isn't there anything less sexy than when the user interface is all buggy i'm like uh this is not making fun of it anymore i don't know this is like i don't know and then the the second thing that I, that I, I love issue this is a TV show is, recommendation, but you're like, hey, here's my gripes, here's my problems. <laughs> the second thing is like, well, the the show is not a perfect representation of anything anyway. Um, you know, like the We're kinds of things that they cave. do yeah. is not like what could actually happen in the real world. Like that's not how people talk and and behave in professional contexts at all. Um, so it doesn't really have to be necessarily. I think this is something that I, um, you know, after watching The 100, I feel like, yeah, maybe our shows could be uh, instead of like, you know, showing us a familiar arrangement of things and people, maybe show us something different or something, maybe the way more the way we like it to be. Um, not to, you know, necessarily be preachy, but just to like, it's a fantasy anyway. Like you're imagining a fantasy and this fantasy could involve maybe roles being a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so, too real. Yeah, it's too real in like s- certain places, but not in other places, you know? So it, I'm just saying like, it doesn't have to be too real even in that situation, you know, so. Okay. It doesn't, Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, but so, it's it's a it's a good show. It's funny and yeah, like I said, the characters are, are great and the writing is really good. So Shaheen recommends Silicon Valley with an asterisk. Of sorts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I haven't started any new TV shows that I can remember. Um, I am like last two nights ago, uh, the Killjoys uh, season three finale aired. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, so that's on my to-do. Um, I definitely recommend Killjoys. It's it's sci-fi, but it's sort of, it's far more hand-wavy sci-fi, and they really lean into it. Um, so you kind of just suspend disbelief and go, oh, this is this is magical thinking sci-fi, but in a very fun and like, it, it's, it's, it's filthy and very well-written. It's very sharp. Um, but you know, it, their spaceships, you know, pop in and out of visual and stuff like that. It's not like that they, you know, like this, where they're like, and this is the guy who invented the way that we travel to the belt, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. Spaceships just like go from point A to B. That's how it works. Space. Um, (laughs) 
you know, it, 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 it's a little bit, you know, like warp drive kind of kind of uh, sci-fi. So it, don't go into it expecting, you know, quote unquote realism. Um, but it is it's very fun and funny and the writing is good. If anyone has never watched Killjoys, <laughs> which is a crime. Um, so <laughs> I can't say it. when we're going to come back here for more Expanse because we did a terrible job coming back here for the second one. Um, but oh, I have a show to recommend. Sorry. Oh, what is it? Um, oh, well, so I I totally forgot that I was watching a new show, which um, Danny Fluff from Twitter and Reddit um, got me into watching because she's shipping really hard and she needs somebody to, like, talk to about it. So um, it's an anime called Attack on Titan. It's available on Hulu in dubbed version in case you have, like, no attention span like me and cannot read subtitles, which I will read subtitles. Why would you read subtitles on animation? What? Like, why Why would you read subtitles on animation? Well, like, it's an animated it's, show, right? The, the translation is better if you can manage the subtitles. It's, like, a better – it's a better experience for most people. But if you're like me who struggles with attention spans, like, um, dubbed is, like, the only way I can do it. So – but I think the dubbed version is actually, like, really good. And it's, like, this horrifying show where there's um, there's this civilization of people who live within walls – and so there's, like, the outer wall, the inner wall, and the inner inner wall. Um, and so the reason why they live in these walls is because there's these, like, beings called titans, which are, like, giants, basically, that all they want to do is eat humans. And they're, like, what horrifying. The like, they're, they're, they're all, like, naked. They don't have genitals. They have these, like, they either have skin or they just have muscles. And is they have these, for- like... These like kids? big sm- no, it is not for kids. <laughs> they have these big smiles with their just just like teeth. They're just straight up teeth, and um, it's horrifying, but it's also like really exciting and um, sometimes harrowing. Um, I haven't decided what to ship yet, um, to Danny's <laughs> dismay, <laughs> but like it is, it is like a really like engaging anime. And so if you you like anime, I would say like it's it's definitely one that like draws you in and makes you want to keep watching that's a weird fucking premise it is but it's like it's it's like a mystery there's like this there, there's like a doctor who's try, or like a scientist who's trying to figure out like the the biology of titans because they can like appear out of nowhere like it doesn't really make sense and you're kind of like trying to make sense of it like it's very cool okay yeah <laughs> attack right. on titan or attack of the titans and attack on titan all right there you go uh so yeah we will be back uh finishing up we're just gonna finish up season two the expanse um and we'll be back at some point in the near future uh i might i might do a couple more fake outs on twitter where i say we're gonna record and then somebody has real life things that they have to reschedule so (laughs) and then yeah shaheen uh and then you know we wait another month and uh yeah so hit us up on twitter or reddit or wherever the fuck and yell at us about how terrible everything is mm-hmm. all right um all anything right. else anyone no that's it thanks for listening guys you guys are awesome yay thank shout out to all five of you <laughs> yes <laughs> all right. hello um okay <laughs> bye. bye all right take it easy guys